So Jason, you and I were talking the other day about smartphones we've used over the years and how much they changed. So today let's dive a little bit deeper into smartphone nostalgia. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Furlow. This is Jason Squared. And let's reminisce a little bit, Jason. So going back, what was your first phone? Not smartphone, but just first cellular wireless phone that you that you used? You know, I, I had to really think about that one because that's such a long time ago because we're talking right after I got out of school, 87, 88, 89 is when I decided to get my first one working in the professional realm, consulting in Manhattan on Wall Street in the computer industry. Um, that probably was the original Motorola flip phone, the MicroTAC, right? Which Micro came before the StarTAC. Not the StarTAC. Yeah, the MicroTAC um, was like a small brick-sized device. It was like about this big, and part of it on the bottom would flip out so that you got the microphone piece to reveal the keypad. And it was back, if you whip one of these things out in public back in 1989, people thought you were someone like really important. Right? Yeah, you're you part know, of the government agency, right? You were either a rich Wall Street banker, you were, you know, back in the day, Donald Trump, we know when he was a giant real estate magnet in New York City, would whip around that same model. Um, you know, this is, the thing couldn't text. Um, it had numbers on the display that were like lit up with like these bright orange I would call them LEDs like you would see on an old clock radio, you know, when, when the numbers are formed by these little lights, essentially. Yeah. Um, it was, but it was liberating to be able to go out in public and take phone calls without having to go to a phone booth or what have having to go into your desk in an office building. So it was the first time I was freed from my desk for anything. And it was fantastic. Yeah, it's I had to carry an extra battery with one with me. That's when you could swap these big brick batteries out. But yeah. you know, it was you know I had my attaché case. I would drop, I would lug around. I remember the brick phones had the the car charger, which was effectively a battery that you slid onto the back, and the battery was just constantly powered for the brick phone in your car. And then when you wanted to get out, yeah. you had to take the the battery off and put your battery, yeah. you know, portable battery, back on to go. Uh, I remember seeing those growing up and just laughing at how ridiculous it was you had to change batteries. But my first phone, I don't remember the exact model number. I know it was an Ericsson. It was yeah. probably in 95 or 96. I was a freshman in high school and I was like the only kid in school with a, with a cell phone. And from that day on, I, I've been obsessed about mobile technology and mobile phones, but it, it was, it wasn't a flip phone, but it had a lid that covered the keypad that you can use to answer a call or, or hang up. Right. And there was unknown to me a one second delay when you close the lid of the audio still going before the phone would actually hang up. So if you said goodbye to someone and you flip the lid, they can still hear the next second of whatever's going on. And it got me in trouble quite a few times with my mom, uh, you know, yelling something I shouldn't after I hung up the phone, not realizing it was a lot later that she uh, called me out on it and, and let me know that that was what was going on. And it was a, it didn't have text message. I, it was in the menu. It was all there. Europe by then had SMS and was using it like crazy. Japan was using it like crazy. But uh, my carrier at the time, VoiceStream, which is now T-Mobile. Oh, uh, yeah, VoiceStream. I remember VoiceStream. Yep, absolutely. VoiceStream. Wow. Uh, they did not support SMS at the time. I think Sprint might have been getting ready to support it. I don't Maybe. remember. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but... 
I used to try to send SMS messages all day long, hoping that, hey, maybe they flip the switch. This and was like 0.5G or 1G technology or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were lucky to get a message through once it finally did launch. Yeah. Okay, so that's basic phones. What about your first smartphone? So I don't know if you, by today's standards, can call it a smartphone, okay? It was a Qualcomm uh, Palm OS-based device, the PDQ-800, which I believe was released in 1998 or 1999, uh, depending on where you decide to read about it. Uh, it had maybe 2G of radio connectivity on Verizon CDMA, um, because that's how Qualcomm got a caught its start with CDMA technology and, and Verizon. Uh, it, it would barely meet the parameters for what we would call a smartphone today. Yeah, it could sure. run Palm OS apps. Um, it had a wireless email client and web browser. It supported the TCP IP stack on Palm OS, which is the, I'm talking about the original Palm Pilot Palm <laughs> OS, the black right. and white screen, yeah. um, Motorola 68,000 based processor running at, I don't know, like 20 megahertz or something ridiculous. Because it, it was super primitive. You couldn't even sync it wirelessly to a computer. It required a dock, you know, with the USB the port. Yeah. Um, but it was the first device where I could take, you know, any, I could send and receive emails. You know, it was very expensive service to do. So I don't even know if I had that turn on all the time. Um, right. Maybe I had it for a few months in testing mode, but it was not, it was, it was pretty damn primitive for a smartphone. And I think then data plans were measured in megabits, right? Because yeah, it was, it was like, crazy. It was crazy expensive, Jason. It was like a 10 megabit plan for 20 bucks or whatever, you know, yes. it, and that sounds like nothing now, but that was actually kind of hard to go through back then, right? Like, because the throughput was so slow and you didn't want to download files or do anything. You no. basically were sending text emails, receiving calendar invites, and, and that was it. So 10 megs, you know, went a long way at the time, but it was still crazy expensive. Um, I actually had a couple of those Palm devices without cellular, and that was kind of what turned the gears in my head towards wonder if a cell phone can do this. And so I use those around the house. And I remember the first time we set up a Wi-Fi network and being able to send an instant message on Yahoo Messenger from the other room and not tied to my computer. I thought it was the craziest thing and the coolest thing in the world. Uh, eventually, I found myself with a Sidekick 2, which was at the time a smartphone and, and realistically would still be today if Danger was still around and producing the Sidekick. But it had this swivel display that would fly up and reveal a full QWERTY keyboard underneath and on each side, it, it kind of was like a Nintendo Switch, right? It had- It was a very of, cool science fiction-y looking device for the time. Yeah. I, I will have to say that. You could hold it up and talk on it. It was really big, not as big as smartphones nowadays. At least I don't yeah. remember it being that big, but the screen swiveled up. You had the QWERTY keyboard and you had navigation buttons on the side, but it had a full app store. This was well before the Apple and Android, you know, iOS and Android were a thing. So I had a full app store. People could upload apps and they were quality apps. And, and man, that thing really changed my view on just being connected at all times. The fact that I could browse the web, albeit on a 2G connection, and look up stuff while I was out and about completely changed how I looked at phones going forward. And mind you, I sold phones all through high school. You know, after I got my first phone, I started selling phones. I worked in an indirect... Uh, I had a side gig with that as well. Yeah, that's interesting. That and pagers. 
Yeah, we didn't sell pagers. We, I, we sold, it was an indirect store. So we sold from multiple carriers, you know, any carrier that had service in our area, we covered or sold. And so we bounced around quite a bit on phones. I've, you know, owned hundreds of phones over the years um, easily. And so, you know, it was that sidekick too. I, I seriously wish that, I wish that uh, Danger had not, you know, gone the way it did and they had stuck around because I would love to see what they would do with technology now. They had an outside of the box thinking and approach to their phone then. And to be able to have the technology we have now, I would love to see what they would do or, hey, someone recreate the sidekick. You know, I, I have a few stories about what happened after Microsoft bought it. It was apparently the, the back-end infrastructure that ran Danger was a mess. It couldn't be sure. modernized in any way. And when it crashed, they lost all their data. There was no way they were able to recover I it. I remember when it crashed. I was no longer a Sidekick user at the time, but I do remember when it crashed. And you know, Yeah, that company didn't put any, any investment in modernizing their systems architecture, which is why they went under, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, that's it's uh yeah. it is unfortunate because like I said, it was a really great product to use. I actually, yeah, I won't bore you with all the the, the war stories <laughs> of Sidekick. So but, our first love is always is always the, is always the oh, most man. you know. Yeah, I mean that's how I found Howard forums and and went down rabbit holes yeah. and made tremendous friends uh, from that that people I still talk to today. Uh, so. Although my love for the Sidekick 2 is there, it's not my favorite smartphone I've ever used. But Jason, and I'll get to mine in a second. I want to know what yours is first. Well, mine is probably the same as yours. Um, it was the BlackBerry, okay? It would sure. have been the, 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 70, the 72 series uh, BlackBerry, no, the 62. It's one of those, the BlackBerry Boulder Pro or whatever it was, you know, in that time frame. Um, classic BlackBerry operating system. It was the first product, okay, that allowed me, and this is, we're talking, you know, mid nineties or something like that. Um, it was the first product that really allowed me to be able to not be at my desk all the time to deal with emails. Um, when I was working on Wall Street um, in the World Trade Center area, um, it was my very first mobile collaboration work tool. I mean, in, 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 on Wall Street, in banking environments, in IT, Emails were absolute king, okay? It's, it's where I got all my network alerts from servers and everything and other notifications from on. Then exec says, hey, my box is broken, go fix it. Um, I had calendar capability with earlier devices, right, the palms, but this was really the first to do wireless sync of mobile calendar data from the desktop instead of having to do that whole docking yeah. uh, thing that was required of previous devices before. Um, now that I really think about it, the BlackBerry is what really turned me into a device addict. Um, I'm not sure that my life is now better because of it, but <laughs> right. it's able to allow me to, instead of being stuck at this desk, right? You know, I was able to go out to dinner with my wife. I was able to do other things. And if something came across, I could triage and say, okay, this is something I need to go take care of immediately and pull my laptop out and, you know, go do it. Or, all right, I can just say, right, okay, we'll deal with this later. And that's how our lives work now is triaging information and determining whether when to act on it. Um, the BlackBerry was the very first to do it. And again, its applications were basic. It was email and calendaring. And later yeah, on, BlackBerry had an app store where there were, you know, it had Twitter, it had Facebook, it had, you know, a couple of little things. Um, but, the main, but the main function was, was email and calendaring was king on that device. Um, 
but I wouldn't know if I would call the BlackBerry my favorite smartphone, okay? I think my favorite has got to be the iPhone 5. Really? Um, the 5, 5S. Um, in many ways, that is the iconic, um, you know, 4.5, 5-inch pocketable smartphone design. Yeah, interesting. After that phone, I think every iPhone has been very much iterative industrial design, right? They've all sure. been sort of based on that, you know. Um, it was also my very first iPhone because it was the first that I switched wow. to off of BlackBerry and also having a very brief stint with Motorola's first droid ever. And again, again, I've always had Androids and stuff for testing devices, but in terms of my daily driver, right? That iPhone was my first daily driver iPhone. Um, after that, you know, everything just got so much bigger. The phablets came and stuff. Now, maybe it was out of necessity. My eyes got worse. I got older. I needed to look at more complex data on a device. But it was freeing to have such a small device that could do so much that you could just pop right in your pocket, right? Yeah. To me, that was the iPhone. It was the, it was the, it was the er iPhone, in my, in my opinion. So for as much as the iPhone has changed the industry, there's no arguing that. It's well yeah. established. Uh, that the Apple's iPhone turned the smartphone industry or this wireless industry on its head. It is not a single one of them is my favorite phone, smartphone. Okay. Um, it would have to be the BlackBerry 7290. And I, at least I believe that was the model number. Yeah, and they it, had was, a lot. it was a blue-ish phone, but it was also the first BlackBerry I had that had a color display. Everything up until that point, and I'd had BlackBerry as well before that, were all black and white or grayscale. And so anything you did was, you know, it looked okay, but it also looked old at the time. You know, Windows Phone or Windows on Mobile or whatever it was called at the time was out and it was colorful and bright. Uh, I had just come from a sidekick that had a great looking display, but BlackBerry, uh, the, the always on connectivity, the instant email, all of that was drawing to me. So I went to it and then the Black, Berry 7290 came out and that color display for whatever reason I was just drawn to it with the always on yeah. email service the biz blackberry internet service yeah. of and I even managed my own bez server for my own personal use even though I had zero reason to do it I I, I had to manage my own server um but that always on connectivity and instant email. And I remember being out somewhere one day, bidding on stuff on eBay, something that I had wanted for years, winning or uh, bidding on it, getting an instant email notification that I had been yeah. outbid and then being able to go back and bid on it and win it. And my friends were like, what, what did you just do? How did you do that? And, and I was just, it, that was it. That I was sold on BlackBerry from that point going on, uh, going forward and it just, that 7290 changed everything for me with smartphones. Jason, do you do you miss having BlackBerry thumb? Remember, right? When we used yeah, to, we used to like do wheel. this yeah. and that little thing, you know, you yeah. click and, and, and you would just like subconsciously, even if you were not using the phone, if you were holding, you were just kind of like, I, I found myself even not holding my phone, kind of just, I don't know if you yeah. can see this action, but it's that, that, that thing that you would do to scroll through messages and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the scroll wheel on the side of oh, a BlackBerry. Oh, I love that thing. 
for people who don't know, I mean, there's some people who likely don't, it had a scroll wheel on the side and that's how you navigated the phone. You could hold in alt to go sideways. Other, otherwise it went up or down. And you yeah, they were touch the, screens for the most part. Yeah, until, no touch screens until later with the Blackberry Storm, which we're not yeah. even gonna go there. No, that was a weird device. <laughs> I don't, we don't talk about those things, Jason. Yeah, not at all. And we don't but talk it, to the outsiders about that. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> And, and maybe perhaps the reason I hold BlackBerry so near and dear is because of my love for BlackBerry devices, I helped start a website called berryscoop.com. And it's how I started writing and got into tech journalism. It was originally just going to be a hobby and something to do to get free phone cases, because at the time, that's what I thought was needed to be done. Um, and 12 years later, here I am, you know, lucky enough to freelance for quite a few outlets and have it freelance for many outlets over the years. And so there's a lot of nostalgia with BlackBerry for me. Um, but yeah, so let's kind of dive into whether or not if you had one way or one oh, no. wish to change the history of smartphones and, you know, kind of level the playing field now for all the companies, what, what would you change? Well, I, I mean, it's probably two different things, but um, I mean, this opens up a lot of wounds, right? You know, yeah. the things of what could have been, right? Palm, okay? This is the platform and company that could have had everything. Um, that company had so much great internal talent. And many of those people went off the companies like Apple um, and such and, and, and Google yeah. and, and Android, okay? So the, the talent wasn't wasted, but... Um, the Palm OS platform would have continued to evolve. Um, the people there could have created such a vibrant platform, especially if you see what they did with, uh, you know, the the, the Palm, uh, what that thing is, that stone thing, um, the second or third generation Palm device with Web OS. Yeah. Um, the, the, but the company had so many missteps, so many failed attempts at things, so many companies owned it in terms of the Palm you know, technology and the company itself as a parent, it got passed around way too many times. Um, if HP hadn't purchased the company um, in 2010, it's very hard to say what would happen. Otherwise, the company was already having financial issues. Um, in an alternate future, I would have liked to have seen maybe Apple buy them or Google and adopt some of that technology for the things that they have. Sure. Uh, they were solid technology and things there. Um, but um, I also think that Microsoft um, could have had much more influence in the market um, if it had been much more serious about Windows CE um, in the mid-2000s and responded to the iPhone threat much more aggressively in 2007 rather than completely you know, dismissing it like Steve Ballmer did. Everyone um, dismissed it. Everyone. Windows Mobile 8 was just way too late in the game to make any kind of difference. Uh, the Nokia purchase was a massive waste of money and effort. Um, but at the same time, uh, Microsoft learned a very hard listen lesson. And uh, they're a very formidable applications developer for both iOS and Android now. And I think uh, we all want to see what they have in store for Surface Duo and other devices going yeah, forward. I can't wait to see. What I cannot do. wait to see what they do. Um, and I'm also not sure we would have ended up with Sat in Novella. Uh, uh, I am also not sure um, if we would have ended up with Satya Nadella as CEO and, and all the progressive things the company has done uh, since the Nokia thing hadn't happened. I think we would have still be living with bad old Microsoft now instead of, you know, good old, good, good Microsoft, you know? 
Yeah, there's a lot to be said there about the turnaround we've seen since Windows Mobile failed with the company. It, it was kind of a wake up call for them. And realistically, Microsoft is, you know, has made great strides in the last few years in hardware and software. You know, even the fact that they're adopting Android to power their mobile devices, their mobile hardware devices is, is a huge leap forward. And something I look forward to testing, like you just said. Um, as for me, one thing I would change would be BlackBerry. I, I still would love for them to be around. You know, there's, there's a story going that's, you know, the, the two co-CEOs at the time when Apple announced the iPhone laughed and said it would be a failure and were very arrogant about what had just been announced, kind of like Microsoft was holding a funeral for the first yep. iPhone. Um, we have seen those internal videos. I wish the arrogance wouldn't have happened or at least wouldn't have persisted as long as it did. You know, even all the way leading up to BlackBerry releasing their tablet, the playbook after the iPad had launched, all of it was a joke. Every single one of, every single product and you know, the storm, we'll, we'll talk about that. That was their answer to the iPhone. All of those products were so rooted in arrogance and the belief that they were untouchable because they were the market leader. Yes. that They weren't willing to adopt and adapt to the changing landscape and see the future. And, and what lesson did we learn, Jason, is, is that not invented here philosophies often kill products and companies. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard it put like that, but that's exactly it. And I, you know, I used to write for Berry Scoop about the arrogance that was going to kill BlackBerry. And unfortunately, it eventually did because they just could not see what the future was really going to be, even though it was apparent to everyone else, even Google with Android. Um, so short and sweet, BlackBerry, you know, I wish they were still around, maybe not making devices, but at least having their own operating system and uh, putting it on some killer hardware, even though they've tried that with their Android spin, but that's a whole nother story as well. Um, any, any closing thoughts? No, I think this is a good walk in memory lane and just to show what's, uh, how the industry has advanced in the last, I'm going to say 20 years. Um, since we started seeing yeah. these technologies emerge. Um, and who knows what we're going to see 20 years from now, you know, whether we're even going to be walking around with devices or if we're going to have things attached to our heads or, you know, whatever, um, or glasses or, or any of these things that are coming out. Um, it's hard to say what's, 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 com what's coming down the pike, um, but I look forward to having this discussion with you in, in 20 years, Jason. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. You know, I say it all the time. I've probably said it to you before. I'm really jealous of my kids and the fact that they get to grow up with all of this technology and the fact that their lives are going to ultimately change over the next 20 years. And uh, hopefully they'll have that same feeling for their kids when they're my age. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear what some of our listeners and viewers think about their old smartphones, their favorite phones, their first phones. So make sure to leave us a comment and let us know. You, let's all take a trip down this memory lane together. Uh, I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. This is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.